seriousness here and not taking a shot at the guy and not making any sort of advocation or prediction for his future, why does everyone sound so sure that Derek Shelton and his staff will be back in 2023? Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Pirates. It comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into football and or hockey, we've also got daily shots of Steelers and Penguins that you can go check out, especially if you're not in the mood to follow a baseball team that just loses relentlessly and appears poised to continue doing that right through the remainder of the schedule. Resuming tonight against the New York Mets with a 6.35 p.m. first pitch at PNC Park. The game yesterday, of course, getting, uh, I can't say it was rained out because I live here and there wasn't rain from 12.35 onward, but hey, whatever, it was their decision. They'll make that up with a a day-nighter tomorrow. If and when the home team loses two or three of those games, they'll continue what's become just one of the more pathetic plunges in franchise history since the All-Star break having only 10 wins. And despite that, and despite some more oddities happening on the field, and at this point I don't even really care whose fault they are, feels like there's this acceptance that there aren't going to be any moves after this season. And look, I know what Charrington said, and I know uh, how strongly he worded it, that Shelton will be back in 2023 and that he really likes working with Shelton and his coaches, and he couldn't muster anything even remotely ominous to say about any of them. Not even Andy Haynes, who's presided over quite literally the worst offense that's ever been seen in city limits. And the moment Charrington said that, it was like all the discussion ended. Okay, well, yep, absolutely. They're all going to be back. Shelton's going to be back. Nothing's going to change. GM, obviously, is going to be back. You don't hire GM to get rid of him after three years, one of those being dragged down by a pandemic. And that's it. There aren't going to be any changes. It's just universal and sweeping and case closed. Guess what? There's precedent to suggest it is not case closed, and it is powerful precedent that I can promise you could very much arise again this fall. This portion of Daily Shot of Pirates is brought to you by our friends at North Shore Tavern that's directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. It's home of Steak on a Stone, an eating experience, underscoring the word experience. The steak is brought to you partially cooked on an 800 degree stone and you do the rest. It's a ton of fun. It's a great meal and it's a baseball atmosphere like no other in Pittsburgh. North Shore Tavern right across Federal Street from PNC Park. Remember the Hashtag our team, not his stuff that I was doing in 2019 when I was all mad at Bob Nutting for not getting rid of any of these guys and they'd been on the job for 12 years and it was dereliction of duty as the owner if he didn't do it. And I opened literally every single column, home, road, regardless 
of what the actual uh, column topic was going to be with the same two words, fire everyone. The season ended and only one person got fired. It was Clint Hurdle. Remember that? Do you remember that it was actually on the season finale at PNC Park? You want to know who walked into Clint Hurdle's office to tell him that he was fired? Yeah, it was Bob Nutting. It was Bob Nutting. Walked in there, closed the door. No one else was in there. No one else was in there. He gave Hurdle the option of managing the final game so he wouldn't have to face the indignity or of having an incomplete season or whatever, and so that he'd have a chance to say goodbye to his players in the proper form as he chose. Well, as Clint chose, he got on a cart and got a ride out of PNC Park with a great big smile on his face. He was fired, and he was fired by the owner. Whether or not that came with either the blessed or even the tacit blessing of Neil Huntington as GM, I can't say I don't have that information. But I wouldn't be surprised if it did, because, hey, if they're firing that guy and he's the only one getting fired today, I'm doing just fine. So... Whether or not it had anything to do with anything, and I'll never have this answer, but I kept writing these same columns, and I started getting people all fired up and everything, and there were some local politicians who started to respond and everything else, and nutting then, it was about, was it a month and a half later, maybe seven weeks later, did fire everybody. He fired everybody. I mean, Huntington... Uh, Kyle Stark, all the way up to Frank Coonley. They were all gone. Now, what does that mean toward today? I'm going to say it again. Charrington's not in any kind of trouble, and nor should he be. I've maintained throughout all of this catastrophic losing that the intent, the approach that he's taking is the right one. What I'm questioning is, is both the execution and some of the inherent delays in progressing in other areas that might or might not be resulting from that execution. There is a way to take these things and kind of carve them up a little bit instead of saying, he stinks, fire him. And I take a lot of pride in doing it that way. But the same can't be said for the field manager and his staff, even if Charrington were to completely go to bat for them. That wouldn't stop Nutting from making the move, because it's happened once already. Say what you want. Go ahead with all the, ah, he doesn't care about baseball. Why would he do that? He'd have to pay uh, Shelton's final year of his salary. Why would he do that when he can eat it and whatever? And, and none of that dovetails with what I'm describing, because in 2019, all of those firings cost $17.5 million in, in funds. For real. Now, sure, he whacked payroll the next two, three years. And sure, there was a pandemic and everything else here. But within that moment, that decision was the single most expensive decision up to and including, sadly enough, any contract that he could have signed 
that he's made in his tenure as owner. $17.5 million was eaten because he wanted to fire all those guys. And he did fire all those guys. He can do that here. Again, I'm not suggesting that he should. I'm not at that stage, to be honest with you, with Shelton. I am at that stage with his hitting coach. But this notion that everybody's just free and safe because Charrington declared it, uh uh-uh. No chance. When we come back, J1Q. Tori, who asks, PK, you reported for years how Neil Huntington surrounded himself with yes-men. That's not something I would expect from Ben Charrington, but can't supposedly smart guys like Steve Sanders and John Baker see that this isn't progress and speak up to say so to their boss? Mike, these people live in a different world than the rest of us. And I don't even say that in a derisive way. Hear me out. They live in a world where they're measuring progress based on X number of factors, mostly within the minor league system, kind of peripherally at the big league level. That's what they see. If they feel or have awareness of a progression that so-and-so is getting better at teaching this and that, and they saw this one player who had a hitch in his swing in who knows where, Greensboro, Bradenton, whatever, Altoona, Indianapolis, and they got that hitch fixed. They think to themselves, oh, we've gotten better at this. And they have lots and lots and lots and lots of information and reports and, of course, firsthand observations. They go to these things. I would venture to guess that Charrington watches more minor league baseball than he does major league baseball. So they're aware of this stuff. They know what's happening in certain quadrants. They, unlike me and you, Mike, don't make probably about 90 to 95% of all of our judgments regarding the Pittsburgh Pirates based on the Pittsburgh Pirates. And I'll, to a very, very small extent, have their backs on that. Is it tone deaf to use the word progress when what we're seeing in the only market that matters is regression in every single form but one, and that's a modest improvement in starting pitching, yeah, it's worse than tone deaf. It's just being completely unaware of your surroundings. Do they believe that there's been progress in Pittsburgh? No, of course not. And and Charrington doesn't need Sanders or Baker or anyone else to tell him that. This is a lifelong baseball guy. He's watching at least some of the games. But he's saying what he thinks he has to in order to keep people off his back and to buy more time for a process that he now probably very clearly sees is going to take longer than what he'd hoped. This is why I'm always using that line about how this ain't St. Petersburg, this is Pittsburgh. In St. Petersburg, the Rays can do all the tinkering they want and make all the wild, potentially unpopular trades they want because no one there cares. No one's paying attention. In a way, it's the perfect Petri dish 
for what it is that they hope to achieve and more often than not do achieve. You can't do it in Pittsburgh. You can't, can't, can't do it. And I've been emphasizing that in an attempt, if you think about this, to support what it is that they want to do because they have to have a simultaneous awareness, there's that word again, of their surroundings in order to succeed. You can't buy time in this process by BSing people. You can buy time by being straight with them, by saying, listen, this product in the majors, this is awful. We're sorry about this. I, as the GM, really blew it. I'm sorry for every garbage waiver claim I brought your way. I'm sorry for every start you had to watch with a bunch of relievers because I couldn't motivate myself to go find a fifth starter. I blew it. Me, Ben Charrington. And you know what? It won't happen again. In 2023, I'm going to fill these roster holes with real live baseball players. They're not going to be Juan Soto, but they're going to be real live baseball players. If that means we have to take it on the chin from the payroll standpoint, from the finance standpoint, hey, I'm ready to have that conversation with Bob Nutting. I am. He might tell me to go uh, kick rocks, but I'm, I'm going to have that conversation. Just, it's Pittsburgh, man. Just be honest with us. I, I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Pirates. We'll have another one of these tomorrow.